So we're reading 2 Samuel 13, 1 through 22. Now David's son Absalom had a beautiful sister named Tamar, and Amnon, her half-brother, fell desperately in love with her. Amnon became so obsessed with Tamar that he began became ill. She was a girl, and Amnon thought he could never have her. But Amnon had a very crafty friend, his cousin Jonadab. He was the son of David's brother Shemiah. One day, Jonadab said to Amnon, What's the trouble? Why should the son of a king look so dejected morning after morning? So Amnon told him, I'm in love with Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. Well, Jonadab said, I'll tell you what to do. Go back to bed and pretend you are ill. When your father comes to see you, ask him to let Tamar come and prepare some food for you. Tell him you'll feel better if she prepares it as you watch and feeds you with her own head. So Amnon lay down and pretended to be sick. And when the king came to see him, Amnon asked him, Please let my sister Tamar come and cook my favorite dish as I watch. Then I can eat it from her own hand. So David agreed and sent Tamar, Tamar to Amnon's house to prepare some food for him. When Tamar arrived at Amnon's house, she went to the place where she was, he was lying down so he could watch her mix some dough. Then she baked his favorite dish for him. But when she set the serving tray before him, he refused to eat. Everyone, get out of here, Amnon told his servants, so they all left. Then he said to Tamar, now bring me that food into my bedroom and feed it to me here. So Tamar took his favorite dish to him. Wow. Thank you. That was beautiful, Valerie. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I wanted to start off by, you know, reiterating what I always say in these teachings. Part of why we call it Spirit Talks with Nadia is to bring everybody into the understanding that as spirit beings, we engage spiritually. Mm -hmm. You know, when we're so focused about things being in the natural sense of it, when we think that life is just in the natural, we don't pay attention to the source of things, to the root cause of things. But when we are aware that we are primarily spirit beings, then we're able to pay attention to what is taking place in the spirit. What am I doing in the spirit? What am I receiving as a spirit being? What am I giving out as a spirit being? What is engaging me in the spirit realm, not in the physical? Because if you look at the physical, you will be deceived. You will easily be deceived. Why am I saying you easily be deceived? So Amnon is supposedly in love with his sister, his stepsister, so much so that that makes him sick. I guess that's where we got the word lovesick, right? Yeah. yeah. But in the natural, you may explain that away as, oh, I can be so lovesick. If you're so lovesick, then express love, right? His actions ended up not matching up with what we were initially told in that chapter. We're told you are so in love that love will cause him to be sick. Yeah. Now, if you hear that, you know that 
Okay, the love of God casts out all fear. It is pure, it is perfect, it is holy. Love is God. So number one, it won't cause sickness. Then number two, his cousin is giving him cancer. In the natural, you will say that, oh, my cousin, my close friend, Jonadab is giving me wise counsel because he sees me dejected. He sees me in need of love. He sees that there's something wrong with me and he's concerned about me. So in the natural, you will interpret that everybody around you that is your family, your friends, every one of them that has been there and try to find solutions to help you. In the natural, you will look at it that way. But in the spirit, you have to pay attention to that counsel. Is that counsel from the spirit kingdom of God? Or is that counsel from the spirit kingdom of darkness? So the emphasis on this walk with God that we are, we are making a ministry out of, the emphasis of it is men, humans are not your enemy. Your real enemy is the devil. He comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But because we are so physical, we do not recognize that he will use the voices of the people closest to us. Because if that person isn't close to you, you will not receive their counsel. The only way you will receive their counsel and feel that that counsel is good for you is because they are close to you and you have history with them and you feel they are watching out for your good. But in different times of our life, we can make agreements with the demonic kingdom. Even though I'm a woman of God, I could choose in a moment to make a covenant or get into an agreement with the devil against my child. I might just choose to call my child. Maybe I heard something I didn't want to happen. I might choose to call my child and curse my child. In that moment, I made an agreement with the devil. And so the devil found an opportunity to use me to rain curses on my child. In a moment, a spouse can make an agreement with the enemy and begin to spew words, horrible words upon your life and you will feel that that spouse is the enemy not knowing that the real enemy is the devil but he will find the vessel closest to you who will come in agreement with him so that he can pronounce his darkness over your life so it's bringing us to this awareness the enemy is the devil so always recognize when that cancel sounds like the devil and don't receive it in your spirit. Because that person says that you're ugly, doesn't mean you're ugly. Because that person says that you're a shameful person, don't agree with that voice. Pay attention to the spirit behind the voice and resist it and don't buy into it and don't agree with it because it will take you on the wrong trajectory. Because remember, the scripture says of Jeremiah, he said, before you were born, I knew you, right? God already knew you and wrote a scroll concerning your life because Jesus said, to fulfill thy will as was written concerning me in the volume of the books. There is written concerning you in the volume of the books from the kingdom of God. And you and I are here to flesh that will out in the same vein. 
Satan has his writings against each one of us. And so he's willing to see us flesh out that shame, that pain, that disease, that oppression. He wants us to flesh it out. And he cannot make us flesh it out by bringing our enemy to talk to us. He will flesh it out by moving through the people closest to us. So instead of fighting those people, let us be empowered in the spirit. Let us take all these cases and all these matters before God and ask the righteous judge to judge these situations. Judge the spirits behind the voices that come at you. Because if you don't take care of them, you will begin to take those words as truth. You'll feel that, oh, the closest person to me is giving me good counsel. And then you end up fleshing out the most horrible or the most oppressed kind of life. You live life feeling that God has rejected you, not knowing that you bought into the lie of the enemy. So in this case, we see that Amnon, the king's son, is already going through something. He's infatuated with his stepsister. It's an infatuation and it's an evil infatuation. And it's causing him sickness. And he needs deliverance from that infatuation. But he says it's sickness because of being in love with his stepsister. When you love someone, you look out for their good. You honor them. Amon is lovesick. He's receiving this evil counsel against Tamar. Look beyond the physical. Look into the spirit now. The kingdom of darkness had something against Tamar. Tamar was a beautiful woman. Tamar was an innocent woman. Tamar was a virgin. And many of you feel like you're a great person. You're a good person. How is this kind of thing happening to you? See, that thing is happening to you for that very reason. This is how it starts. The kingdom of darkness decides that they are going to come against you. And then there's this whole strategy they begin. And there's demonic intel going on all over the place. Releasing intel to whoever will partner with the demonic against your life. And here are you just sitting by yourself. Living your life, being an amazing person, honoring God, living holy, making the right choices, oblivious to the fact that not only is the demonic working against you presently, there's things and situations in the bloodline that are working against you in your genealogy. Things in the bloodline that happened to your great, great, great grandparents. Demons sat in the places of brokenness. And because it's the same bloodline, it's within the same house. And so once somebody comes through that bloodline, they enter into that person and they begin to find ways to mess up that person's life because they are mess up demons. That's what they do. They come to kill, steal, and destroy. So here, Tamar is living her life. And her brother, somebody who is supposed to be protective of her, is busy engaging sexual, rapist, evil demons that are even causing him sickness. And so he decides to confide with his friend. And here they are, humans, motivated by the demonic realm, having discussions, evil discussions, 
of how they will take her innocence, of how they will ruin her life. This is a picture of how this whole thing comes about. And so they gather together, they sit around, and then they begin to plot what to do against a child of God. And you see one spirit speaking to another spirit. You're a son of the king, puffing him up. How can the son of the king be so sick? How can the son of the king be so thin? Why will he be losing so much weight? What is it that he can't have? And this is where the narcissistic spirit comes from. This ongoing puffing off of self where somebody feels that they are better than the other and they are entitled to what the other person has. This is the source of every form of abuse. When you are puffed up, you're the son of the king. You can have whatever you want. Why should you be thin? Why should you be sick? Why should you be suffering? Man, you should learn self-control. That's what you should do. You should begin to engage with the kingdom of God to deliver you from that sexual demon. You should not be an agent of darkness to abuse another. This is spiritual responsibility. And this is how we can also take note of these scenarios in our lives so that we are conscious that we are not afflicting or abusing another. So you see this scenario. It's a whole plot against Tamar. Nobody is coming up with a wise counsel to help Tamar. And then what happens? Amnon buys this idea. Then Amnon tells his father, the king. And this is where it gets interesting. As a parent, as a, a king, as a grown man, as somebody who is aware of the things of this world and this life and everything. If your son is telling you that your daughter, remember, okay, at this time, Amnon was 22 years. And Tamar was 15. And oh, wow. yeah, scripture says she was beautiful. Your son is sick. And he's asking that your 15-year-old daughter should come and bake bread by his bedside and serve it to him as a father. Exactly. You know what young guys did? You literally sent your own army officer to war and slept with his wife. Right. And then, look, been there, done that. Exactly. <laughs> been there, done that. So you know. We are aware of these things. But you listen to this because as a parent, obviously, Amnon was his first son. That was the crown prince. And so whatever the crown prince wanted, the crown prince had. Because I believe that as a father, I'll say, if you want to eat Tamar's food and you're sick, Tamar will cook and send somebody to come deliver to you. Tamar is a princess. We have servants here, or we have cooks that can deliver food to you. He didn't protect Tamar. Today I'm speaking to someone who has not been protected even by their parents. I'm speaking to someone who has not been protected even by their spouse. And so all of this is a strategy from the demonic realm against Tamar. That a father could be that dumb and that stupid to do such a thing to his daughter. It's like he wasn't even thinking about his daughter. He At all. Yeah. 
And in that culture, of course, the crown prince or the sons were exalted more than the daughters. Who told you that before God, Amnon had more worth than Tamar? Who tells you that before God, anybody else has more worth than you? Amen. But you see, in the natural, that is how the enemy operates. He uses the things of this world, the thought processes, the, the things that this world has established to make somebody else look better than you, maybe because they are prettier, or maybe because they are a son, or maybe because they are smart, or maybe because they are whatever. There's all these qualifications that the world has made to place you less than, to put you in a mold, to make you think you are less than everybody else. It is a strategy from the demonic kingdom. I don't care if 20 people in your family told you the same thing. If it is of darkness, it is of darkness. If it is of darkness, it is of darkness. And that's why we take those issues to God. And if there's any iota of truth in them, we repent of them. We're not trying to sieve out any iota of truth. We're just taking them to the righteous judge. We are going to God and repenting so that whatever the demonic realm is doing to attach us to those things, God judges them. In Tamar's case, Tamar was this innocent, 15-year-old, beautiful virgin, and there was nobody in the natural to defend her, nobody to fight for her, not even her father. Fathers, protect your daughters. That's right. Protect your sons too. Mothers, protect your children. They are all equal before God. And you want to have a heart of God. You want to love like God. He sees no difference. He sees us all the same. He created us all. He will not fashion one for hatred and fashion the other for love. He's all love. And with him, there's no partiality. He's not partial. So things just keep getting worse for Tamar because now she is in her brother's house. She has no say. She's cooking for her brother and thinks she's doing something right. All the energy, kneading the dough, working hard, sweating, thinking that she's doing something right, not knowing that there was an entire plot from the pit of hell against her. Have you ever asked yourself again, I thought I was doing everything right, what happened? Mm. Today, God is giving you a voice so that you are not oblivious to the things of darkness. You are not oblivious to the works of the enemy to pull you down, to steal your inheritance, to take away from you God's anointing on your life. You're not oblivious to it. You must understand the strategies of the kingdom of darkness against you. And you must not be ignorant. By the time Tamar was making that and the cakes were ready and everything, before you know it, Amnon is like, everybody get out of my house. Here was Tamar, there, innocently waiting, oblivious. And that's how we innocently stay in relationships or stay in places oblivious to the fact that danger is lurking in the corner.
Don't forget to listen to our podcast because there is a limitless supply of God's spirit that wants to reach you. And I pray you're a willing vessel to listen and also share and see that God's truth is released upon those you love, to see breakthrough in the lives of those you love. And I encourage you, please grab Spirit, Spirit, Spirit. You need this book. Like, I don't want you to miss the detailed truths, the testimonies of God's tangible presence moving in your life that you may not have seen until you are able to engage this and see them clearly outlined for you. So I encourage you, grab this book for yourself and your loved ones and take the time to read it. God bless you.